Hello and welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele. I coach gay men in their personal growth to break free of the status quo and live out their gifts so they can create a positive impact in the world. And today I want to talk about bullshitting myself and other lies I tell myself. Have you ever found yourself suddenly in the middle of explaining to someone why you're not doing something, why you've chosen to not do something, or more likely you're using language like, I can't do that, or I don't want to do that. And I actually use that tone purposely. Let's just try it again. It's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's, um, where is that coming from? Now, there are things we absolutely don't want to do, and we don't have to do them if we don't want to, right? Let's get real. But what are the things that you're lying to yourself about? What's the bullshit you're telling yourself that's holding you back from something that would make you happy, that would help you do something you've been wanting to do? In the area of health and fitness, it might mean just over coming something that bothers you about going to the gym and simply going to the gym. I'm not an advocate of feel the pain and do it anyway, or no more excuses. All of that's fucking bullshit. Because that doesn't get to the root of the problem. That doesn't get into the issue of why in the first place you're lying to yourself or you're bullshitting yourself about not doing something that you actually really want to do, not doing something that's important to you. Now, to make this situation be all the more concrete and salient, what better way than through a story? So I was looking through my journal and I came across something from last year when I was having really, really bad plantar fasciitis-like symptoms. Now, I didn't actually have real plantar fasciitis, but if you don't know what that is, it's a pain in the foot. And it's more than a pain in the foot. It fucking hurts. Like, it just feels like you've got stabbing in your heel. And sometimes it was so bad, I would wake up in the morning and I would get out of bed and I would put my left foot down on the floor and I would literally jump. So, you know, you're like half asleep, just waking up. And then the first thing you experience is pain, like literally can't put any weight on it. You know, reasons why there was a lot of stuff that was happening. There was a lot of emotional stress in my life. Um, I actually wasn't doing some things with my own workouts that would have corrected it. And to sort of jump to the end of the story, um, realizing that I had to change my workouts to focus on certain exercises to rebuild and rebalance was what got me over the hump, so to speak. But Before that all happened, oh man, did I ever concoct a bullshit cockamamie story about how this plantar fasciitis 
was the root of all my problems and the reason why I couldn't do shit. So I'm going to pull some stuff directly out of my journal. I've been limping around this afternoon. The plantar fasciitis on my left foot is really aggravated today. My calf on the same side is so tight and it feels like it could go into a Charlie horse any moment. And a thought popped into my mind and it went something like this. Yeah, that's the reason I've got this extra fat around my belly. Yeah, that's bullshit, Darren. It made me think about how often we make excuses for or blame something for why we're stuck somewhere or haven't achieved a particular result. Sure, the extra fat around my stomach is my own undoing and laziness. It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I have a sore foot. It's not that I stopped working out. But the truth is, I haven't been working out as hard as I used to. And I haven't replaced that level of physical activity with something else that would help me burn the same amount of calories. Or, and or... I hadn't adjusted my diet how I was eating. So therefore, if I was eating the same way but doing less exercise, it's a pretty simple equation in that uh, situation. I was gaining weight and not the kind of weight that I wanted. So this was a situation in my life where I really needed to give myself a reality check and look at what's reality versus Ability. And what I mean by that is that I'm 52 years old now, but at the time of this journal entry, it was last year, I was 51. And there were things changing in my body. We get older. I had been lifting since I was 20, and I physically can't lift as heavy as I used to. And I can't lift in the way that I used to without hurting myself. Uh, Back loaded squats and deadlifts. There's some challenges in my low back, and I have to be very careful about what I do. I have to be mindful of my exercise, but still exercise in a way that keeps me healthy and fit and mentally challenged and to enjoy it. But while I can't train as intensely as I used to when I was 20 or 30 or 40, I also don't have to train that intensely because... At 52, my metabolism is very different than it was at 42 or at 32. So if I was to train as intensely then, A, I'd probably hurt myself, but B, I'd probably be sick in bed for a couple of days because my body isn't designed for that level of intensity anymore. So it's this counterbalancing effect. So how old are you now? What can your body physically handle? And how do you adjust that counterbalance weighing down on one side with what's appropriate with your ability and your reality today. What's an appropriate thing you can do in your day-to-day, in today's reality, with the ability you currently have? I think that's an insightful way of looking at anything that we want to achieve, any goal that we have or any habit that we want to work on. So it was this awareness that I had been using my plantar fasciitis as an excuse for not working out hard for far too long. And 
I was doing a lot of video for Facebook last year, and I did one of myself sprinting upstairs outside in Toronto, Riverdale Park. This is a really big hill, but they also have a, a sequence of stairs, and yeah, you could run up that and you'll exhaust your health. It's fantastic. And in the doing, it felt fantastic. And I was also f- having fun doing it because I was recording this video about physical activity and motivation. Uh, but the next day, I could barely fucking walk. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, got out of bed and my foot hurt so much. I had to lean against the bed with my right arm and hop on my right foot until I could start putting some pressure on the left one. Ridiculous. But it was a lesson. I thought I was superhuman and the fitness guy and I could do everything, but just because that's what I used to do doesn't mean it's what I can do with my reality today, coming back to reality and ability. And that's not to say that because something you could do 10 years ago automatically means you can't do it today. Absolutely not. But it could mean there's a diminishment in your ability with what you used to be able to do. It just depends on the situation and what that thing is. So I think it was the following day, and it was July or August last year, my partner Christian and I wanted to go out to the park and do some physical activity outside. And I was I was like, yay, because usually Christian doesn't want to work out with me. It's It's just a funny little thing, but it's like, oh yeah, let's go outside, let's do something. And I'm excited about it, but kind of fucking annoyed at the same time, because I'm thinking, he wants to do hills, and just the other day, I did sprints up the stairs, and my plantar fasciitis went out of control. What am I going to do? Well, reality and ability. How do you address those two things? So, we took a really long walk over, we did some mobility drills and warm-ups outside, did some sort of dynamic stretching and things like that. So I made sure I took care of my body as much as I could in advance to warm things up, and I didn't overdo it. So Christian did maybe, I don't know, 25 to 50% more hills, more repetitions, and a little bit farther than I did. I think I ran halfway to three quarters up the hill. He ran all the way up the hill. Now, I knew, given that this was a very acute problem in, the, in my heel, that I didn't want to aggravate it. But I also know from having worked for almost 15 years in physical fitness that unless something is broken, you know, it, we don't want to stop our movement altogether. We want to be able to work around things, find variations, find variety, find a percentage of the amount of work that we can do to still get... Um, the outcome that we're looking for without causing pain, without causing serious discomfort. So it was just trying to anticipate how much my body could handle while backing off enough so that I would minimize the discomfort. It was about taking an approach, taking an approach to minimize, in this example, heel pain following that 
workout when I got home. I did some mobility work. I did some foam rolling and some stretching. I used a lacrosse ball to really get deep into my glutes and stretch those out because that that muscle group is associated with stuff that happens in the heel. In other examples, in other areas of your life, you know, when we do one thing, that one thing is going to have an effect on another thing. So if the problem that you're dealing with right now your reality, and your ability, what are the other things that are connected to or associated with that situation that you could use to modify, to better, to influence, to to minimize whatever it is you're struggling with in that moment? So, of course, I was sore the next day, but I was a hell of a lot better. And there was a mindset shift in this approach because I looked at the reality and I looked at my ability and I looked at how I could approach those things with a different perspective and with a different emotional weight. So instead of being pissed off about it and annoyed and using that as an excuse and a lie and bullshitting myself, I took ownership for it said, hey, this is my body. This is my problem. I've been saying I've not been working out because of my plantar fasciitis. Well, that's bullshit. I just haven't been working out because I got two legs and I got an upper body and I could do a seated exercise with my legs that isn't going to bother my plantar fasciitis. So I'm just making excuses. And of course, in, in the realm of physicality here, I can only do so much. So I set up a treatment plan with a chiropractor who does active release technique and acupuncture to help make this situation better for me. And that's what I mean by the uh, the chain of influence or the circle of influence or the other factors around that situation that I can utilize to make this situation improve. I go back to the thing that was bothering me which was this extra fat around my belly, which was an outcome, an undesired outcome, an unplanned outcome, but an outcome that I had complete responsibility in controlling, managing, which was the extra body fat around my waist because I wasn't working out as much. Therefore, I had much less activity, but I didn't do anything to change my diet which was that other thing that's part of that circle of influence, that chain of events, all these other things that affect A, B, C, D. So if you don't do A, what's the effect on B? So I looked at that and I thought, okay, this is my motivation. This is actually getting to the root of what I really want. I'm not, I'm not feeling bad about myself in the sense of self-worth that I have this extra fat around my body. It's not a self-worth issue. It's simply a, I can do better than this. And I know what I can do with my body. And I know that if I've let myself get to this point, it would be very easy to continue down that slippery slope and to gain more body fat, which is not healthy. And I don't want that for my body. And I'm just going to work out 
a plan over time where I start increasing my physical activity and look at what I'm eating and making adjustments to that so that those two things work on the left and the right side of the scale to find that balance or bring me back to that sort of previous equilibrium I had of a certain waist measurement and a certain body weight measurement. So instead of just using the external, an excuse of blaming my foot for my internal choices, for my personal choices, I come up with alternatives based on my reality and my ability. My alternatives are my approach. And it's understanding that I can still train and work out and even do things that might aggravate the plantar fasciitis, that might bother the struggle, the problem. But I can spend more time in preparation to minimize the discomfort, to alleviate the symptoms that are going to come for some time until it's fully healed. So this is just a reminder to myself, to you, the listener, that It's not about pain and discomfort and working through the pain to get what you want. Sometimes we do have to push through discomfort. But I like using the metaphor of physical fitness. And a a simple example is that if you have an injury, you... If you're able to do movement or flexibility around that injury, you only do so much movement just before, up to the point that it becomes painful. So you don't even want to go into pain. It would be going a little bit into discomfort. And the pain metaphor is kind of useful because we can really know when this is fine, this is fine, oh, I'm feeling this is a challenge, oh, this is getting uncomfortable, oh, that's that's just about to, oh, shit, that hurts. And our brains, our ancient and mammalian brains, they don't want us to go into pain. <clears throat> they want to protect us from that, smartly so, because we don't need to experience pain. But pain senses a message. Pain is a great teacher. Pain is a way to say, that's the limit, don't go any farther. This could be emotional pain, this could be physical pain. But challenging yourself to go into some discomfort is how you're going to improve, is how you're going to make the situation better. So what I was not doing was challenging myself. I was not working out because I was choosing not to because of the plantar fasciitis. So I wasn't even experiencing discomfort. I wasn't having to work through discomfort in my foot so that I could keep being physically fit. I simply gave up. And that's why I got fat around my waist. So that's worth the controlled discomfort. And it's all a matter of attitude. 
It's all a matter of how we look at our challenges and struggles and know what we want, know what we're willing to commit to, taking the small steps, understanding, you know, the weighting on the scale. If I put too much over here, the other side's going to rise up. So how do I find that balance? What's in my reality? You know, what am I able to do with what I have right now? How can I control or approach or manage this situation so that I can make small changes over time that become sequential and create improvement? And how can I accept or allow myself to move into some discomfort because in discomfort... The prefix, discomfort. So we have the word comfort. Comfort is easy, but comfort is sitting in as a nice chair. Comfort is sleeping on the most beautiful mattress that just supports you like you're floating in water. But comfort doesn't take you anywhere. Comfort is static. So when you lean out of, out of, out of, a little farther back, from your comfort zone. That's where you challenge yourself. That's where you experience growth. And that's also how you expand your comfort zone. Because for a lot of people who don't grow, their comfort zone is very small. And so my thought is that they're afraid of losing their comfort, so they try and spend as much time within that very small space as possible. But the more that you challenge yourself and lean out of your comfort zone, it's like it's like you're pushing outwards and you're expanding a cell, like almost like when you see cells expand, except instead of uh, duplicating. Um, they're expanding in size, almost like you're inflating a balloon. So you expand, you lean out of your comfort zone and you, you put a little bit more air in that balloon and it gets a bit bigger. So that you feel more free to luxuriate within your comfort zone and you don't feel like there's any lack or any fear of losing it. And you'll take more risk and you'll challenge yourself. You'll challenge yourself to live out the best of who you are. I think that's a great place to end today's episode. As always, I appreciate you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast or other episodes and you're listening on iTunes or any one of your favorite players, would you please leave me a rating? I would love to get five-star ratings if that's the same rating scale on other uh, podcast players than, than iTunes. And if you've got something to say, if you want to leave me a comment, then please head on over to my website, darrensteel.com and find the post that's associated with today's episode and leave me a comment there. I'm happy to respond and engage in any further conversation. And you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Medium as at Darren Steele. And finally, if you want to go a little deeper and as a gay man learn more about living out the best of who you are, then you can join in to my free group on Facebook. It's Living Out Experiment 
So just go to facebook.com slash groups slash living out experiment or in the search bar, look for living out experiment. And I look forward to getting to know you and chatting with you on one of those platforms. Until next time, live out and live proud.